1: podcast is about sex. If you're faint-hearted or easily offended, you might not want to listen, but you should. Join me, Tracy Cox, and Kelsey Chittick as we share honest and real sex advice on this award-winning podcast. Tracy is an
2: international sex educator and author of lots of books about sex and relationships.
1: Kelsey is a podcaster, comedian, and author who is getting out of her comfort zone both in the bedroom and in these conversations. Each week, we answer three anonymous
2: sex and relationship questions sent in by you, our listeners, and nothing is off limits. Here's Sex Talk. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sex Talk. We are glad to be back. It's always, you know what, Tracy, it's always a highlight of my week when we can talk about sex, life, and mine. Yes, and all the things. Oh, quirky voice and mind. That's what I meant to say. Tr- Tracy's had a cough for about a year now, and I I'm just know. grateful that we are on Zoom and not sharing a room.
1: Mm. And never smoke, boys and girls. Seriously, <laughs> I used to smoke like a trooper, and I'm paying for it now. I've always had this weird low, well, I think I've got a low voice, but a you few other people said you've got a high voice. How do I have a high voice? You have both. You're a very unique oh, yeah, woman. we discussed this, haven't we? I you go ha- up
2: at the end. Yeah, you go up at the end, but you have a, you a start low with a very, very like important voice, someone who's written a bunch of sex books and has a great life. And then at the end, you get really excited and your accent <laughs> comes out. It's wonderful. We've got a good, we've got a good, this has been a little bit of a week for me. So the last question we're going to talk about is kind of re- regarding some of the stuff I've been through, but let's get started on two of the best questions I've seen since yeah, we've done been. this show. Yeah. Well, wow, okay. that's saying something. All right, here we go. First question. I'm having an affair, and ironically, sex with my husband has never been better. It's confusing me. I was all set to leave, but now I'm not sure. We were stuck in a rut for years, and nothing seemed to make a difference. But now I can feel a new life breathing into the marriage. The question is, is it going to last? It is a good question, isn't it? It's a great question because everybody, even when you have a crush when you're married or anytime you just like you feel something down there, it Mm. lights up everything.
1: It does, it does. And this is extremely common, that if you have an affair, suddenly sex with your spouse is so much better. And it's because... An affair sends your desire skyrocketing, and because sex becomes associated with danger and excitement, and they're both you know erotic uppers, of course. When you're in a marriage, particularly this lady who was in a boring marriage, sex becomes associated with routine, boring, mundane predictability. So what she's effectively done by having an affair is she's rebranded sex. And this this sort of goes across both relationships. Also, when you have an affair, you can't see your lover constantly. So all that sexual surplus energy becomes directed at your partner, or sometimes becomes directed at your partner. And then if you add a big dollop of guilt on top of that, that's where you get the sexual frisson and suddenly comes back into the marriage. But, of course, just because the sex has improved doesn't mean that that the relationship is improved. And yes, of course, it will be a temporary lift. You know, this is going to disappear the minute the affair disappears or frizzles out. All the problems you had will come back. But I still think there's very good news here because... I think the fact that she's confused and used the words breathe life back into the marriage means that the relationship definitely is not over because it's shown that the relationship is capable of change when something big happens. Now, you know, the husband's not going to be thrilled and hopefully we'll never find out about this affair, but it just shows that that relationship has still got something there to work with. Don't you agree?
2: Yeah. I mean, I I think any time... This is something that we talk about all the time with our girlfriends, is this idea that how do you spark up something with with somebody that is not sparking sparking you? Like how do you take a marriage mm-hmm. that's that's built on friendship and love and trust and then feel that feeling you have when you have an affair or that you have a new love. And I think I, I wonder if there are ways that we can do this. I think you know if you if you like somebody at work or you like someone in your neighborhood or something that allows you to kind of have that feeling again and then you can transfer it over to your marriage. I do think it helps you get through those times where it feels really stagnant. And I, I mean, mm. I think I've had crushes on people, and I remember when I was married, it, it does give you if you can if you're able to think about something in a new way or somebody in a new way, and then you can bring that into your marriage without you know without not without having an affair without doing something that would could ruin it i think it's a great thing i think that's why you you watch shows that you have a crush on a guy. I was
1: about to say, yeah, if you watch a show or you have a fantasy or you have a little flirt with somebody, I think all those things really do help. But you know what? I don't, I mean, people say, and there'll be people at home thinking, you know, wherever you are, you could be driving in a car, or whatever, could be skydiving while you're listening to this, that are thinking this is backing up the whole thing about affairs can revitalize a marriage. They can, but... You're pretty crazy if you think if you use the affair as a way to fix your relationship, because most of the time it just blows it sky high and there isn't a relationship to fix at all. But what I know, two things for sure from this it, it shows that you're both capable of change and it shows that you're both open to improving the relationship. And these are huge, huge, huge factors that predict a relationship that can be restored and reinvigorated. And if it wasn't, you know, all this affair sex, no matter how horny you were, if you really, really are not interested in your husband, you wouldn't have even approached him with sex. He, if he was really not interested in you, would have been, yeah, whatever. So now what, this is the thing I really want to know. She says she's tried everything. What has she tried? And was it her that tried it? Because let me tell you something, Kelsey, you won't be surprised about this. When women try to fix relationships, they do it by talking. And then they just talk a little bit more. And then if that doesn't work, they try talking in a different way, in a different conversation. And then they just keep on talking, and keep on talking. And men don't respond to talking. If you've had a conversation five times and nothing's happened, it's not going to fix the relationship. Mm. Men like action action works to change relationships, not words. And in fact, we've got the perfect example of how action works with the affair. She didn't talk to about the affair. She went out and did something, came back, changed the sex. Again, I'm not condoning it, but it is a good demonstration of how action works. So instead of talking about changing the relationship and all, oh, how can we fix this? Do something. Stop being so boring. You know, like get out there, you know, have a holiday somewhere adventurous. You know, try a restaurant, completely different area. Meet up with friends, not like your old friends. You know, do stuff. Use the bondage kit that you get. Use for, the bondage kit. Use but I'm the I'm not talking kit. about no, just I get even it. outside of sex. Just become more interesting people. It's, because often our marriage gets boring because we've got boring.
2: No, and I I always think about my situation. I am a completely different person now that I'm out of a marriage because you are open to so much more. The, The great part about marriage is that you have security and love and you know someone's got your back and you've got a friend and you have history together. The downside is that when we get comfortable, every part of our life gets comfortable. Mm, our bed gets comfortable. Mind. Our clothes get comfortable. The shows we watch, where we eat, and how we have sex mm. gets comfortable. So it's really hard to spice up your life when you are in a place of comfort, and mm,
1: which becomes a rut. Very quickly, it, and, and, and then goes you begin to erupt, yeah.
2: right? And then you're bored. So it's this idea of, I think, as a couple. You know, I don't know what she's going to do. I don't, I, it's not going to last, my friend. It's not going oh. to last because the affair is going to blow up. The marriage oh. is going to blow up or whatever it is. Something's not hey, going to work. Hey.
1: Stop but, it. But, no, it can last. We've had all these good things that no, are going no, no. to happen.
2: But I'm saying it's, no, I think, I thought
1: she was asking, is it going to last this good sex? Oh, I think she is. But I'm saying the good sex isn't going to last because it's going to, it's not going to keep good with the, it's not going to keep on going with husband. Once the affair's gone, the sex will sizzle out That's again. what I'm saying. Yeah. So but. you can't rely on that. But I find it interesting. She said she was going to go. She was all set to go. I wonder... If I think she was going because the marriage was boring, not for the affair. Right. Would, I yeah, agree. I think she's... Yeah, she's just going because it's bored. But I, I do think there's plenty of life left in this marriage. But I do think she's not going to do anything until she ends this affair, because, or at least puts it on hold. Because you cannot make a rational, sane, logical decision about a relationship while you're having hot sex on the side. That's my point. That's
2: that's what I meant wasn't going to last. The affair is not going to last and the great sex with two people is not going to last. But what does last is that there's hope that you guys are going to, when you are having good sex, that is between the two of you. So it does work. Whatever the reason, you found a way to make it work. So I'm hopeful for you and and good luck getting out of that disaster that you've caused though inside (laughs) your own.
0: marriage okay next question my new
2: boyfriend is enthusiastic about giving me oral sex but he clearly has no clue where my clitoris is
1: clitoris clitoris cl- cl-
2: clitoris clitoris, clitoris. do you say clitoris clitoris what do you You've say never said clitoris before clitoris i've never actually said that word live on tv or with anybody <laughs> in my whole life this is the first time i've said clitoris
1: <laughs> clitoris in Maybe my it's life american english clitoris uh, maybe clitoris. it's a, uh, maybe we need to know americans please write in and tell us is it clitoris clitoris clitoris, clitoris? clitoris. What are, i don't want i don't want to keep saying it i've said <laughs> it i've said it more
2: in the last two minutes than i have in my entire life <laughs> the part painful. where it feels good he has no clue where it is that's what i'm going to say he okay. licks do we have to wear the word licks he yes. licks about one inch down from where it is I've tried pulling him up and into the right position, but he just slides himself back down to where he was. In fairness to him, previous, part, previous partners have told me my clitoris is smaller than usual, <laughs> but it's still frustrating. I'm going to pass this to the expert for sure. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. How can you miss the
1: clitoris? Well, you can miss the clitoris. Wow. It's not as easy as you think. First of all, the clitoris hides behind a hood and it only comes out when it's aroused. It's like, you know, the penis, it's, it protects it. From, because if you didn't have a hood over the clitoris, it would be, it'd be super sensitive. It's got 10,000 nerve endings, not 8,000. We thought it was 8,000. We now know it's 10,000 in a tiny little area. It's super sensitive. So if that was exposed, you'd be walking along and turning yourself on all the time.
2: I had a friend that whenever we'd ride a bike, she would be like, "Uh uh-oh. I'd be like, Lord have mercy. All (laughs) we're doing is going on a
1: bike ride, my friend. (laughs) Do you know there is a thing called persistent genital arousal disorder where women feel like they're on the brink of orgasm the whole time. It's actually really horrible. It sounds fantastic. No, she, I think that would be awful. Yeah, it would be. It is horrible. And, and you know, all the tabloids have a, you know, heyday with, oh, she gets on a bus and has an orgasm and she has 100 orgasms a day. And it's not. It's it's painful. It's, it's debilitating. It's a horrible thing. So be careful what you wish for. But anyway, first obvious thing to this question to me is if you've got your partner giving you oral sex and it's in the wrong place, why would you not just say... Hey, you know, could you just move up an inch because it feels better there? You're not going to say, could you she's, move up an inch because that's where my clitoris is, but you can just say that it feels much better if you move up an inch.
2: But she did say that, but he slid back down. I have an idea. She oh. needs to be in charge. She needs to sit yes, on his face. Yes, yes. She needs that, to, to sit. She's taking his
1: face. my stuff now. You're diving Shit. in before I'm ready. First thing I want to say is I think. I'm an expert that- now. <laughs> she is. She's an absolute bona fide expert. What I think is the position he's giving her oral sex in isn't comfortable for him. And I reckon it's he's lying between her legs. And what he does is he probably slides down a bit because it his neck feels better or his tongue feels better. It'll be a comfort issue. And the way to solve that is exactly what Kelsey said. It's for you to jump on top because if you're on top, make sure he has his head on a pillow, by the way, because if he does have neck issues, the same thing will happen. So make sure you've got a nice soft pillow. That No, actually a nice firm pillow that keeps him nice and high. You straddle him and then you're completely in charge of where, you know, his tongue is placed on your clitoris. Now, some women don't like straddling. It makes them feel uncomfortable. So, if she wants to continue lying down with him between her legs, she needs to use what's called the V technique. Now, the V technique is quite innocent. Don't look so horrified. She said, te- like, you make, seriously, a peace sign with your hand, the victory sign, right? Okay. And then you put it with your fingers facing down at the top of the vulva so that the clitoris is sort of nestling in at the very top, the sort of small end of the V where your fingers join your hand, right? And then you get him to lick in between, focusing on the top of the V, the little part of the V. This, where is, the like, this is like this
2: is like coloring inside the lines. What well, it is? It's like it's uh, like giving him a. a
1: yeah, that's exactly what you do.
2: That's a brilliant,
1: brilliant idea. And brilliant. what you do is you say, "I really like doing this because if she rocks her fingers, it actually adds rather nice clitoral stimulation." manually with their fingers as he's licking between it's a really nice way to have an orgasm through oral sex and won't make him feel stupid again so it's like do you mind if we do this it feels great if we do this now a quick tip for men who can't find the clitoris and you said well how could you not miss the clitoris you'd be amazed first of all most men don't even know where it is they think the clitoris is inside the vagina i'm not joking they really do for any men who are listening, or women, because some women don't know where the clitoris is either, it's like, a, imagine a, a sort of a large pea that's at the top of your vulva, so right near the hairy bit, not near your bottom, and it's it's got a little hood over it. And you and after, I mean, when you were little, did you notice your clitoris when you looked in a mirror at your whatnot? Yes. What, not vulva, I mean. <laughs>
2: yes, I did. I did. You did? I mean, I think I grew up in a home where... We did t- we didn't talk about sex, but we talked about your vagina anatomy. and keeping it clean and making sure that you shower properly. And then I mean, I think that stuff came up in our home. But
1: oh, that's good. That's good. I hope you've taught your daughter that. Yeah. Yes. My mom
2: always said "I well, maybe when I was older, but she's she, I remember her always saying the safest sex is sex with yourself.
1: Which I thought oh was God. kind of forward very thinking. Very progressive. She's very edgy. progressive. Yeah. Big tick for your mom. Well, Absolutely. God bless her. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love Absolutely. that. Absolutely. So for men who can't find it, or women, what you do is if you place the heel of your hand on her mons, which is the fleshy bit with hair on it, right, which is the top of the vulva, and you put your fingers towards her belly and you push up, it actually stretches her and exposes the clitoris, right? But... Do not do this until she's warmed up. Because as we said, the clitoris stays under the hood until it's all aroused and feels safe to come out and goes, oh, hello, here you go. This is feeling nice. I'm going to come out and let you touch me now because I'm so sensitive. So I'm so sensitive. I'm not going to come out if you're too, you know. Rough. Rough. Yeah, exactly. Too rough, too firm, too fast. So clitoris is like to be stroked and coaxed. So it will only come out from under the hood when you're nice to it, it's so you like can't a be cat pulling up this thing. It's like <laughs> it's like a, it's like like a, a cat. feral cat that you, that's underneath a car, and you have to be very gentle and calm. Exactly, come on out, come so on out, and then, you, and then you can pet him. This is amazing. Yes. Okay. But that's exactly what that it's makes like. sense. So don't go pulling up her bonds and exposing the clitoris before she's ready because she will not thank you for that. Okay. But if it doesn't pop out and you're thinking, where the hell is it? I know what it looks like, but I just can't see it. And some pe- some women's clitorises are really small, so you can miss them. That's a little trick to do that. Okay. There you go. I think that's some
2: great advice. Again, it's masterful what you do, it's masterful. <laughs> I'm actually just, at some point, I'm just going to send my daughter, she's too young now, but this whole podcast, and I'm just going to be like, learn from the master.
1: How old is she? 14. Yeah, we got a couple she,
2: years. Yeah. But yeah. I do think it's great. I mean, I again, if we had only been, if we had talked about this as kids, we would have been much happier in our late teens and 20s and 30s having sex. We just didn't ever, we, no one told us about but no your, one told your
1: us. upbringing sounds quite good. Oh my God, compared mm. to most people. Yeah, I think I had a little bit more, but
2: we never talked about it, talked about it. It was it was quick one-liners like right. that. Did you talk
1: about? Do you talk about pleasure
2: or did your parents talk oh, about gosh, pleasure? Oh gosh, no. No, no, right. no. No, no. God, no. It was just about yeah. don't get pregnant. This is how you don't get pregnant. Mm. Watch out for boys. Don't drink. It was the things that have nothing to do with sex, actually, the physical side of it. Mm. I've learned more in the past five years than I have in the in the first 40, for
1: sure. Nobody mm-hmm. talked about enjoying it. So let's no. move on to the next question. That will be a good yeah. one. Yeah. And I think that's the mistake parents make when they talk to their kids about sex is that they they say, they talk about the the no-nos and they don't talk about pleasure. But yeah. right. The next question is for you, Kelsey. And I'm gonna, so I'm going to read this one to you, but I have to say that it is a very special week this week isn't it because it's the five-year anniversary of your husband's death which I'm sure cannot have been easy at all and I'm constantly in awe of you anyway right hi Tracy and Kelsey love the podcast thank you very much Kelsey this question is for you because you are also a widow my much-loved husband died unexpectedly two years ago and I have finally emerged from the hell that is intense grieving I'd still miss him terribly, but I'm only 52 and I realize I still have a life ahead of me. I feel ready for some fun and casual relationships, but I fear my adult children are not ready for this. How do I make myself happy without upsetting them? I miss sex and all that goes with it. I'm also nervous that when I do first have sex, I will end up feeling guilty and like I'm betraying my husband. Did you experience this?"
2: Well, thank you first of all for always being so supportive of this journey. And I think on this podcast and all of them, I I mostly am joyful, but there are times and days and, and weeks, especially this one where it's it's not fun and it's not easy. And I appreciate the question. This is a really big thing. I could do a whole podcast on this and maybe at some point we will, but you do though, don't you? You do, yeah, do a great Yeah, but we haven't done it about sex. And I think right. widows for sex and widows is really as strange as, as it is, most widows I talk to will secretly, if it's another widow, say, I started thinking about sex with someone else early on, like right, you know, soon after they died. And it's not because you don't love your spouse or your husband, it's because you so badly want to believe that you're going to be okay and you're going to love again. And so, when you've been married or been in a loving relationship, you really don't know a life without that. So, your brain goes right to what's
1: next. Of course, it would. Yep.
2: Yeah. I think it's, I think when the intense grieving around two years, I think people start thinking about sex the first year. And it becomes, at least for me, and I've learned this over the last five years, I, my language of love is physical touch. So, when Nate died, to not have someone to hold me or hold my hand or me to put my feet under to warm or to lay next to him at night. That was hugely, it felt like I was in solitary confinement. Like I could hug Mm -hmm. my kids, but if you're used to being in a marriage where you hold hands when you walk down the street, there's this physical desire to connect with someone deeply. And I did quite early. I think I had sex with, that's a whole nother story, but maybe seven months after Nate died, I was just determined I needed to rip the Band-Aid, and I did, and it was a wonderful experience, and I cried. And I remember thinking, thank God it's dark because nobody should see these sad tears falling down my eyes. But it was this, it was this moment of, oh my God, I can't believe I'm not doing this with my husband. I really liked Mm -hmm. what I just did. And I'm so confused about everything. So I mean, what I would tell her is first of all, your adult children, don't worry about them. It has nothing to do with them. They're adults, they're moving on. I think, I think this is really important. Your kids will be okay. Of course, tell
1: them or not tell them?
2: No, my God, it's no. It's
1: business, is it? It's
2: none of their business ever. Your sex life after you lose somebody is not your children's business. If you bring someone back to the home and you want them to be part of your family, that's when you get the kids involved. But having sex with someone is between you and two adults. It has nothing to do with your children, especially your adult children. And I think it does help them to understand that moving on has nothing to do with the love you had for the person you were married to. And if you were married to my husband... I was certain that all he wanted was for me to get out there and have sex because all he ever wanted to do when we were married was to have sex. So this was a man that truly valued physical connection. So I knew that he would be cheering me on as I moved into that that area. So
1: what if you think that your husband, that, that your partner who died wouldn't be cheering you on? I mean, he, they're dead.
2: They do. They're mm. not looking down, being like, "Oh my goodness, how could she?" They're like, "Get it, girl." You know, like, I don't think, I've never, I've never, I haven't talked to a lot of dead people. I've never actually talked to one, but I do hear my husband in my head and he's always like, go for it, sister. Like, and, Mm -hmm. or like, man, why didn't you do that with me? (laughs) You know, because you're, also, if you're widowed at 52, you're going to, you're going to be so much more confident and so much more ready to try things. And you're not looking to get married. So sex without this need to get married or have children becomes really fun and really about a connection that doesn't have to mean anything except that it felt great.
1: Mm. That she was right when it got married. I, I got married for the second time at fifty. That's right. Mm, I don't know why. You know, thinking about it now, <laughs> no, I'm <not> happily married, <laughs> but I don't know why. Or actually, I do because we wanted to do it for my mom and then she didn't end up coming, and blah blah blah. I don't really care about um, the act of marriage, but but yeah, she might be looking for a long term relationship though. Yeah, but I think missing sex. And
2: all that goes with it is a huge feeling you have after loss. And even if you were bored with your sex life when you were married, or if it was great, you want that connection. I mean, humans are meant to be, sex is good. It's good for you. It's good for your mm. energy. I think the better sex you're having, the better life you're having most of the time. I, I think I, I've just learned that. But when you are on fire sexually or feel connected to someone, it permeates all areas of your life. So I would tell her, do not worry about upsetting your kids. There's nothing that you can do that's gonna make them happy when they hear you're moving on because they miss their dad. Mm. And when you do have sex, sure. you're not gonna feel guilty. You're just not. I mean, at least I didn't, unless you're I, I don't I can't imagine
1: feeling guilty when the person's dead. They're mm. they're gone. I think that when somebody's dead, they're gone. But lots of people don't think that. They think that somehow they got I mean, my mom is 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 continually still, her dad died before I was even born, oh no, I think I actually was born, I never met him, and I think she's still, she still gets nervous about, Christ, I'm going to have to go up there and he'll be there going, why did you do that and why did you do this? And it's like, mum, and my mum's not not into organised religion, but she does have this thing that, that people are up there and they're somehow going to be waiting for her. And so when you die, Kelsey, you know, Nate's going to be up there going, well, according to you, he's going to be going, go, girl, good yeah. for you. I hope he does. But say you had a really, a partner who wouldn't want you to move on, doesn't want you to find another love because they, they I suppose it's very selfish, isn't it? But oh. you just have to accept that they are dead, they're gone and get on with it. Yeah. Really, and,
2: and I would write a letter to them. I would write, you know, I, a lot of times when I need to talk to Nate, I can do it in my head or I write a letter like, you know, it's, this is what I'm doing because of, of why I'm doing it. And I I really, I still feel very connected to my husband. I feel like I have a great relationship with him just in a different realm. I mean, I I, I parent with him. I ask questions. I sit in meditation and I can connect with him. But I just, I don't believe if there is somebody out there who thinks their spouse would be mad, then you probably need some counseling. You need something that says, I need some support here to go live my best life. Because what you Mm -hmm. don't want to do after losing someone is get smaller and more fear based and more, you don't want to live in the past. You don't want to live where where people are, where where, we're in memories. Memories aren't a good place. You want to live in the now. You want to live in this moment. You want Mm -hmm. to have these experiences. So you you don't, You will feel guilty, but not for the reasons—I don't think you'll feel guilty like your husband's mad because I I do love the idea that when you get take marital vows, they did throw in there till death do us part. So if you are religious, you can let go of that and say, like, (laughs) even God said it's fine that I go have sex with someone else. Absolutely. So it's complicated. I wish you the best. I would say it's very rare to have a second chance in life to have whole new experiences. And grief gives you— a lot of hard stuff, but it also gives you an opportunity to create a new way of walking through the world, new relationships, new experiences that you would have never had if the story had been different. So if you can, as often as you can, get excited about the new things that you could do and go for it because you now know how
1: quick life ends. So Mm. live big. Great advice. And I think this this woman does sound very much like the, the same attitude as you. Like, yes, he died. It was absolutely horrendous but i do have a life ahead of me and that is exactly what she should be thinking i think i would feel exactly the same i would i would imagine though that first time would exactly like you said feel wonderful but kind of be sad and weird and all sorts of things in between
2: yeah you you just have the the greatest night of your life and then you just have these like three tears just
0: mm-hmm. seeping
2: down because you just you didn't you don't know the person the way you knew your husband and there's something no. that makes sex really good when you don't know the person and there's something that makes sex really safe and loving when you do know the person. So mm. there's a price for everything. That's what I'll there say. There
1: is. Yep. I would say. I wonder if there's a good friend of hers that she could do it with. Maybe no. Maybe not. No, <laughs> I was just thinking to sort of if she's really nervous about it. Yeah,
2: I would. I was kind of a. I went with a stranger slash someone I knew through somebody, and it was great because mm. there wasn't anything emotional. It was just physical, and for me that was better. I was too emotionally. I was still too connected to my husband to really have feelings for someone, so I went more yep. in the direction of a general contractor <laughs> <laughs> oh and seen. But that's it. Oh. So that's my advice. But we can talk about that more because I think that's Get a big the plumber around to fix your sink. Uh, listen, someone you got it. Someone's got to fix your pipes.
1: Yeah, they do. Yeah, so they do. and on that lovely note. I think we'll finish. Now, we are going to take a bit of a break to do some other projects, but we shall be back in a few weeks. So don't forget about us and keep the questions coming. And yeah, listen to all the back episodes because there's plenty of them. And I'm going to miss you. I know. We'll still be talking and I'm going to miss everyone listening. And um, anyway, we'll be back in a few weeks. We'll be back soon. See you then. Thanks, everybody. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to Sex Talk. If you'd like your question answered on the show send it to us at sextoppod.com. So that's S-E-X-T-O-K-P-O-D.com. You'll find info about my books, sex products, and more sex advice at tracycox.com. And that's Tracy with an E. If you like this podcast, please send it to your friends and rate and review wherever you listen to your podcast.